This episode of Date Night is supported by E.D. Wineco. If you're located in the GTA, Hamilton, Kitchener, or Guelph, you need to check out E.D. Wine Company. Sommelier Elizabeth Davies curates four wines for you and delivers them right to your door. Each bottle comes hand-wrapped with tasting notes about what you're sipping. It's an approachable way to explore the world of wine and helps you learn a thing or two along the way. Check them out on Instagram at edwineco and go to edwine.ca to sign up for either a monthly delivery like Shane and I get or just a single wine package, whatever works best for you. When you sign up, make sure to use the promo code thisfamilytree10 to get 10% off. Again, that's edwine.ca and thisfamilytree10. But Alex. Yeah, Shane. Date night must begin. Let's do it. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm here with my husband, Shane. He's a beast. And she's the beauty. Oops, I did a little tootie. (laughs) Alex, that's inappropriate. Welcome to date night, everybody. Shane was in charge of the intro this week. I was, and I think it was darn funny. The idea of you doing a little tootie. Are you proud of that? I'm not unproud of it. (laughs) I wouldn't put it on my gravestone, but I, I wouldn't say it wasn't fun. Well, it's making me feel like I need the next step of date night even more, which is the step where we take a sip of wine and try to guess the tasting notes. We get our wines from ED Wine Company, and let's do it because that intro got me a little uh, a little tense. What? <laughs> so tonight we're drinking Hope Blandville Grand Reserve Pinot Noir 2019. All right, let's take a look at the bottle, give it a little sniff. There's something, like, is, is it a little peppery? Yeah, it might be peppery. On first sip, I'm not 100% if I like this wine. Let me see. You know, my palate's so advanced. Before, I wouldn't be able to tell if I didn't like a wine. Now it's like, <laughs> get this garbage out of my mouth. No, it's not garbage, but I think you're right on peppery. Now you said peppery is all I can think. Like it is it? I, I can't tell if it's pepper or if it's something else, but it's like, it's not a sweet thing. Okay, low tannins, I'm saying. I disagree. It feels tanniny in my mouth. I I say it has high acidity. I'm going to say it has a... I feel the acid. I'm going to say it has a low alcohol rate, meaning it's not that full-bodied. I agree. Okay, hit me. All right. So I'm going to read the tasting notes that Elizabeth Davies Sommelier gives us with every bottle. Pinot Noir is one of the... Pinot Noir is one of those grapes that is very susceptible to the environment in which it is grown. We know that from watching Sideways. The resulting wine from a cool climate can be vastly different than one from a warm climate. Here you have an expression from the Languedoc, which is in the south of France. The climate here is Mediterranean, which tends to lend itself to grapes that thrive in the heat. Wait, Languedoc? Like Shane, I'm trying to pronounce French things, okay? Okay. Sorry, I didn't know. Sorry, I didn't know if I just didn't know something. How would you say that? Look, how would you Mm. say that? Languedoc. (laughs) Okay, Languedoc. So, anyhow, because the climate is Mediterranean, it lends itself to grapes that thrive in the heat. However, Pinot Noir does not thrive in the heat. So, why is it grown here? Well, this particular vineyard is situated on a cool north-facing slope. Combine that with a little elevation and these vines find the conditions that suit themselves just fine. The result, and here's where we get to the flavors, plum, black raspberry, licorice, a touch Mm. of spice, and vanilla. I taste those things. I taste those things. How How come I can't taste these things before? How come I can only taste them after? And it, this wine has grown on me, by the way. Okay. I was just going to say, you know what? Anytime I read vanilla in a wine, I like it more for summer. Anytime I read vanilla in anything. Licorice gets me. Right? I taste... Shane, I think that's what we thought the pepper was. 
Because no, it's not no. spice like it pepper says spice. spice. Though, but yeah, look. but I think it's like all spice. I and think maybe... it is pepper spice. I taste the pepper still. Anyhow, the acidity is bright thanks to the cool microclimate and fermentation <laughs> in stainless steel. And this wine is an easy sipper that can be enjoyed on its own. In or, other words, low tannins. There you go. Nailed it, Shane. Or pair it with roasted chicken for happy results. Bacock. <laughs> chicken noise. But I'm glad. You know what? It's I, I really like it. And reading the notes and knowing what I'm supposed to find in it definitely helps. Oh, I love it. I'm no, Shane, here's the thing. I'm not better at this than I was when we started. I might be worse. The better we get, the more we're questioning ourselves. Well, Whereas yeah. initially, we're just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. <laughs> so we'll, we'll say things more that come to mind. Now we actually know the rules, and we don't want to like and say the wrong just, thing. Now we're guessing cherry and red raspberry on everything. No, we're not. We stopped doing that. That's what we well, would do initially. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We, we, so now you're saying we just don't even say that. Yeah, because initially I would have guessed, like if this was 10 weeks ago, I would have guessed plum for sure. I would have guessed some sort of other berry. But now I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm overthinking it. Mm -hmm. I do not understand how date night has been going for more than 10 weeks now. This is wild to me. Time flies, man. Let's get into this. Okay, what is the worst joke you can come up with off the top of your head? What's brown and sticky? A stick. A stick. You didn't. Come, you didn't come up with. No, that, but though. I. I. I think it's asking like, what's the worst joke you can just come up with that like comes to you first, even none of the jokes you've heard. Okay. Feel free to use that one, folks. It's a crowd pleaser. Shane, what's your joke? Okay, fine. If we're going this route, how do you make? Um, sorry. Uh, You're trying to think of one that's appropriate. No, I know. No, <laughs> I know this one. Um, how do you make antifreeze? How? Take away her blanket. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Oh, it's silly. All right. I like opening with these fun, really stupid ones. Um, okay. This is a weird question, but I'm asking it. Okay. What was the last contest you entered? The last contest I entered? Oh, I entered one like two weeks ago. It was to win a stay at a hotel in the Amalfi Coast. And it was like La Renews. Like it's a very famous hotel. It's right on like a beautiful spot like it's just gorgeous it costs you know an arm and a leg you have oh, to was be that through jillian harris no it it's just through like omaze it might be a scam i don't know o-m-a-z-e but they always offer contests to the things that i most want to do like they offer a contest to win tickets to the belmont express or the orient express like that train that super fancy train i want to go on mm -hmm. but it costs like twelve thousand dollars just for a weekend trip and it's you know i mean who can do that so maybe they're offering me these things because they know my search history and like what i dream about but i, I don't think it's a scam Anyway, that's the last thing I You entered. would never get scammed over a trip, Alex. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Alex got scammed into going on a trip to Jamaica once. They told her she was going to get a $500 voucher. voucher. She did not get it. We've told this story on the podcast, so I'll move on. I, I thought you were talking about our honeymoon one, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were on our honeymoon. And Alex is very kind-hearted, very gullible, very trusting. So we were, where, where were we honeymoon again? St. Martin. St. Martin, of course. So we're walking around and these guys walk up to us and they're like, hey, do you want a chance to win? They had accents. That's yeah, they were, they were like German or something. They were like, um, what were they saying? Do, do you want a chance to win 
a week at a spa yeah. or something. And it, it was the Sheraton Hotel and Spa that we would use their beach sometimes. And we'd use their, we'd sneak in their pool. Okay, so we do these scratch tickets that are like slot machines. So if you get like three cherries and three watermelons in a row and three stars, you've hit the jackpot and you've won this prize. So I see these guys coming a mile away. So I open it. I'm like, oh, we've won. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You start jumping around and screaming. I wasn't jumping and screaming. I was like, ah, maybe one like, who? You, you lost your, Alex, you lost your mind. I didn't lose my mind. And the guys are playing off your energy so the guy whips his glasses off and he's like oh my goodness i've never seen this this is the best thing ever and he starts jumping around with you and i'm like oh no okay and i don't want to disappoint you i don't want to tell you right away that this is a, a, a timeshare scam they're just trying to get us to go to a big meeting where they make us sign up for a timeshare well and they're like all you have to do is show up for a 20-minute meeting. Everyone's got 20 minutes at this beautiful hotel. And then you win either an iPad, a trip to Hawaii. No, no, it was an iPad, a trip back to St. Martin to St. Martin in a year. Or what was the third thing? I don't know. Like a, the something. spa, like f- spa facility. So you're like, oh my God. And you're, <laughs> even, you're even going more nuts. So we show up to the meeting with this really nice woman. Oh, she, she was so sweet. She, and she looked like Marion Cotard. Yeah, Cotillard. Her too. And uh, <laughs> so she's at the bar and she's like, who wants a drink? And I'm like, I do. Yeah. Oh, this is kind of fun for a timeshare yeah. meeting. And there was like snacks. We sit down and she starts telling us about how great this timeshare is and how fabulous it is. And she's like, no pressure to buy. And I'm like, oh, good, because I really can't buy it. And that makes her a little grumpier. And she's like, hmm, oh, yeah, but I think you, you, I could picture you really loving this. I'm like, I don't know. And then she's joking, like acting like I'm not man enough to purchase it. Yeah. Well, she said, she said at one point, she goes, what do you have to ask? Because you were like, oh, well, you know, we got to talk to my wife's dad before we actually make any big purchases. Just because like, I don't know, you know, we do. (laughs) And uh, then she goes, oh, what? You have to ask the father of her before you do this? Oh, what kind of man? Why is she Russian now? I don't know. (laughs) It's the only accent. What kind of man does this? But she got really inappropriate. Okay. She got wildly inappropriate. So I said, well, we're on our honeymoon. I'm not going to just make a a wild purchase Mm -hmm. on our honeymoon, which is already expensive, and buy a timeshare. I'm like, I have to run this by (laughs) the elders in the family, like my dad, her dad. I want to talk about it. I want to get some advice. And then she goes, do you ask him about everything? And I go, I'm like, I give a look. I go, what do you mean? She goes, in the bedroom. Like, um, what? And I go, where did that come from? So she's asking me, do I ask my father-in-law what to do in the bedroom with my wife? <laughs> and I look at her with a straight face and I go, I do. No, you didn't. I did. <laughs> Alex, I said I did. I swear. I said I did. I believe you would. And then I laughed because yeah. that's obviously a joke. And then I go, I'm getting another drink. And I go to the bar and I get another drink. And then she started playing it up like I had a drinking problem. Well, not only that, but she was playing it up like 
you know, you like to do getaways with mistresses or something mm-hmm. like with me. Like she was essentially. I bring you and the mistress? No, I'm... no. She was essentially saying like oh, to good. me that it would be like a good option so that you wouldn't do uh, like other vacation getaways with your mistresses. And I was like, what mistresses, lady? Like this is, it was, it was so weird. And being left alone with her was so awkward. Okay. So I researched this scam. So I'm like, that was so inordinately inappropriate. Mm-hmm. It, it was just wild. It made no sense. So I look up the scam and it says the second they think that you're not going to take it and they believe you, they start insulting you as hard as they can and being so inappropriate that you leave so you can't redeem the prize that was Ah. promised because legally they have to give you the prize. Right. And obviously there's all these loopholes where the prize is never as good as it's proposed initially, Mm. but they're hoping to cross the line and you storm out. We stayed... (laughs) For the whole hour and a half of the roast, sat there, took it, and went, and we won the trip to... Back to St. Martin. Back to St. Martin a year later, but we'd have to stay at that hotel. And we'd have to pay for airfare. And we'd have to be harassed again by the people, (laughs) and it had to be within a two-week window that was like an inconvenient window for it, us. Yeah, but we almost did. We were we were heavily considering it because the stay at the hotel would have been free. Yeah, but we'd have to deal with all these assholes who would treat us but like... going in there knowing that would kind of be funny. Exactly. But you just have to have the right mentality. And it was, in hindsight, very funny. And at the time, hey, it was it funny. It was funny. Well, that's why we went through with the whole thing. Because you and I kind of looked at each other like, we're staying. Like, we're doing this thing. Well, and I feel like you got 10 years older in the course of that meeting. <laughs> like, you went in so naive and, like, bushy-tailed. Like, we, like we entered into this wine experience that we're doing right now and then by the end of it you're like i know how the world works oh like i see nothing's as good as it seems i got a lot more jaded yeah and (laughs) you became an adult after that honeymoon well i'm glad that i you're now considering me an adult because in a lot of ways i do not feel like one oh you've reverted you've had moments where you've reverted (laughs) back don't get me wrong but yeah, no, that was a uh, a learning experience, but a fun learning experience, I think. Yeah, learning can be fun. Okay, do you cry at movies? Like when I watch a movie? Is that what you mean? Okay, I'm trying to think of what could possibly be another interpretation yes, that's running well, through your mind. Because you, you said it in such a way that makes me feel like there would be an option not to. I cry in movies frequently. You do? Yeah. Never if seen the movie, are you, like are it's you, a cry movie. Is it easy to make you cry movies? Yeah, if it's sentimental, if it has to do with families, like love stories, I'll cry. I don't like, okay, so I always cry in The Notebook. I always cry in Field of Dreams. I cried in Titanic maybe my first time seeing it. Not anymore, though. Can a commercial make you cry? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know those commercials that get released around Christmas? Like, you know, they'll be released from the UK or from Slovenia, and they're just like weird, you know, agencies that do these like really heartwarming i don't know (laughs) why throw that out there i don't know (laughs) but just like really heartwarming commercials from all over the world those give me a good cry oh yeah i don't know i shane i cry like i'm youtubing slovenian tearjerkers right now (laughs) is our relationship less exciting now compared to when we first met in what way it's different. Oh, it was a two-part question. I didn't know you were going to say no. No, it's it's different. So when we first got together, our relationship was so exciting in that I didn't know much about you. Every time we went out, it was like... Like it, a roller coaster. It was like a new adventure and getting to know you and getting to know how you and I were together. Would you say I was like a human ecstasy tablet? <laughs> 
Not that you've done ecstasy, so you wouldn't know. But. Well, let's see. You made me very happy. You made me very excited. And you got me in the mood for smooching. So I'd say, yes, you were like a human ecstasy tablet, theoretically. You know, it wouldn't be the first time someone's called me that. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was very exciting in those days. But it was also um, not, not I guess, scary in a sense. Because when you first start dating somebody and it's going really well and you really like them, a part of me anyway is scared that we won't be compatible. So it's like, I, I never want that realization to come up if I do really like them. And, you know, so there's that kind of lingering fear and it's like, oh, is this going to work out? I really like this person. But now I think, honestly, I'm just as excited by everything. Like I, I'm so excited about our relationship, but I do find it kind of thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> even though, even though, I mean, gosh, we're in the most unthrilling situation of all time. We're stuck in the house together for a year. It's been over oh, a year. Oh, be quiet. You downplay that. You love it more than anything. I, okay, Shane. But don't downplay I'm not, it. No, I'm just, I'm saying. You're lying this to is the what, No, I'm not. I'm saying that's what makes it thrilling, you dingus. I'm saying traditionally, this is the most unthrilling situation we are at home we can't go anywhere whatever when you're stuck at home with human ecstasy though <laughs> it's kind of exciting <laughs> i'm shooting up every yeah. day you know you don't shoot it up yeah what drug expert no but that actually was the name of my band in high school shooting up every day human ecstasy <laughs> It wasn't, was it? I was not in a high school band. I knew you were in a high school rap group. So I was thinking maybe this was something else that you were going to surprise me with, Shane, like the good old first days. But hey, don't pick up that phone. We're not done with this topic yet. I'm just scrolling Instagram. <laughs> Anyhow, I am thrilled by the, maybe not thrilled, but I am excited about the relationship every day because it's new. <laughs> new? <laughs> it's new uncharted waters. And it's different excitement than the thing that would have made me excited like when I was 26, right? So now it's just navigating the day as parents working from home, which sounds boring, but it is kind of fun. And yeah, I, I feel like I learn new things about you, new little things about you all the time. And I I don't know, like I look forward to our date nights and I get just as excited for date nights as as I would dates. No, I think every day is exciting. Like today, for instance, when I couldn't find my sunglasses <laughs> for 20 minutes and I had a panic attack and just, where are they? Where are they? They have to be around here. And we searched all around the house for them. I was like, oh, this, you know, these are the moments. <laughs> that did happen. <laughs> yeah, because I have eight pairs of the same identical sunglasses. How can they not be around? And you know, it's the trope of the wife who's moving the husband's things and the husband can't find anything because it's the wife. But Well, because the husband leaves them out in the open where they shouldn't be. Yeah, let's not play the blame game. Let, let, let's just continue. <laughs> Hold on. No, what? you're Sorry. not like, getting by without answering this, you dingus. Are you still, how is it worded? Are you still excited? When was it most exciting? Whatever, answer it. Is our relationship less exciting now compared to when we first met? Hell yes. Okay, next question. Do you believe... Do, wait, less exciting? What's that? Less exciting. Right, let me read the question again. Okay. Is a relationship less exciting? Yes. I'm not wearing a bra under my shirt, and my shirt is partially see-through. Yeah, but Alex, I've seen those things a million <laughs> times. <laughs> no, but is it still exciting? Yes. And to all your points, heck yes. You, you're right. Everything you said I think is true, but you'd have to say less exciting. But is less exciting worse? 
I don't think so. Sometimes all that excitement is fear masquerading in another form. So take away the fear, add some comfort, mm-hmm. throw in some guarantees, and I'm happy. We have some guaranteed date nights. We know what's going to happen. We know what to expect. We know we have children together that are healthy right now. Mm-hmm. So, so can I can I augment my answer? You just made some good points. Sure. Then I say yes, as in less exciting, but more fun. Okay. What is the weirdest thing you believed in while growing up? For instance, some people believed that when they were growing up that all dogs were boys and all cats were girls. You know, something strange that you thought as a child. I don't know anybody who believed that. I was just an example to get the ball Did rolling. Did you believe here. that? No. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I, I got to think on this one for a second. So what did you believe? I had this action figure and it had this little like um, reflective surface mm-hmm. on his chest. It was like Universe Man or something. It, it was literally like an off-brand yeah. comic book. Like my mom shopped at Byway a lot, which yeah. was a huge source of embarrassment when I was a kid. But it's actually a really... Byway was great. It was a really sweet place. Like all the toys she got from there mm-hmm. were amazing. But this one toy, it was like Mr. Universe Man. And he had this circular thing on his chest. And I actually believed that it was a homing device that could <laughs> that could track things and tell us where to go and guide us. <laughs> and I wasn't like, I didn't believe in a lot of ridiculous things when mm. I was young, but that I was dead certain it could do that. That's interesting. Like it see, was guiding us where to go. See, that makes me feel like, obviously I didn't have a Mr. Universe who guided me places, but I honestly can't think of, and I'm so bummed that I can't think of a situation or something that I believed in. But even just hearing that, it's like, oh, yeah, like that's not unfamiliar to me. Like I've I've had things like that or believed in things like that. What is your least favorite word? You know what? This is funny because I saw I hate Facebook. It's just a place of like negativity and people being angry and opinionated and whatnot. But I was scrolling it while I was taking a pee and I saw uh this thing pop up it was I guess from somebody else's memory from their feed like several years ago and it was two of your friends Shane and it was your boss saying his least favorite word so your boss his least favorite words are cheap and cheerful why I don't know Hmm. that's he just put that and I was like this is a weird thing to pop up on my feed and I just kind of kept scrolling so my least favorite word moist I'm sure I'm like I know I'm not alone in that I know a lot of people hate that word and it's odd because I love moist things like I love like a cake if there's like you know that okay when we were in PEC for my birthday I got that olive that oil and orange cake yeah it was moist yeah it was moist and that was like the most amazing thing ever but to describe it as moist and like to you know have somebody's mouth water and they're like gearing up to eat it and they're all excited that's just disgusting and it Mm -hmm. really just turns your stomach like it's such a cliche to say that but there is no grosser word what about panties (laughs) what about like calling a little girl's underwear panties okay i would never sit i know your mom said that about lucy's aunties (laughs) so i'm folding laundry one day and then lucy grabs a pair of underwear they were hers and puts them on shane's head like a hat so shane's walking around with underwear on his head and then your mom came and this was before quarantine i think or she came outside and like we opened the yeah. door i can't remember and she goes are you wearing lucy's panties on your head and 
that made me cringe so hard and you were cringing and we looked at each other and we both like cringed together. <laughs> it was so weird. Yeah, there's something weird about the word panties. Yeah. I don't like the word peeve either. Like Peeve? Like pet peeve? Pet peeve. Like you can't sound cool and say, you know, want to know what my pet peeve is? Well, I don't think people are trying to be cool when they're listing off their pet peeves. I'm just saying it's impossible. <laughs> so- James Dean. Like- <laughs> <laughs> James Dean and Julian Casablancas. Going- <laughs> I hate mosquitoes. <laughs> you know what? They both look like guys that would have a lot of pet peeves, though, especially Julian Casablancas. He looks like he'd be so peevy. But I feel like he's so chill. Like, I've heard him on weird college radio. Because just- he's trying to be chill, Shane. He's trying to put out a persona. But I have a feeling... He's got a lot of peeves, and I feel like he's a very affected person. Do you hate people who pretend that they're more chill than they actually are? (laughs) He's saying that because he thinks I pretend to be more chill than I am. But uh, no, I hate people who try hard to be cool. And hey, I'm guilty of it too sometimes. I think everybody is. But the people who live and die by being cool can't stand it. When do you try to be cool? I want to know these moments. (laughs) When have I don't think anyone considers you cool. I don't think anyone thinks you try to be cool. When do you try to be cool? <laughs> I mean, no, like I'm you not... saw that moon and cheese, how she took photos. And oh, for a yeah. bit, you were you would hold a coffee cup in your photos and pretend like you were like in the ocean drinking it. But... Yeah, well, yeah. And then I just started naturally. It was like a force that I couldn't even help. Like try to have a cool like, you know, I don't give no F model face. And then it just slowly starts turning into a huge toothy grin. Like I can't help it. Yeah. Yeah, but there's been moments where I've tried to be cool. I've never seen them. Uh, overtly, maybe. I, I just, I've seen them Wait, and I didn't know. on our first date, was I cool? No, I, <laughs> absolutely not. You From 10 seconds in, I was like, oh, she's a bit of a goofball. I was like, this is a good thing, though. <laughs> like, you were just so, like, you were bouncing. And I mean, you were, like, bouncing. Yeah, you were in your sense. tube top and you are holding the money. And it was just, like, this weird energy that was, like, so exploding off of you. Yeah. Um, you okay. What's your favorite word? my favorite word oh okay so this is the prettiest word ever oh i hate the word literally too but continue oh literally is fine literally when people say with that affectation that bugs me as well my boss says it that way too but that's not the word that's the how people say it yeah it's like schedule or literally literally oh schedule or Stanley Tucci culinary. Oh, culinary. If wow. anybody's cool. watching Searching for Italy with Stanley Tucci. Best show. Great but... show. He says culinary instead of culinary. And it's a, ugh, it's an earworm in the worst way. But the prettiest word that exists is diaphanous. Isn't hmm. that pretty? I've never heard it before. But, but yeah. just the word itself, diaphanous. Sure. It yeah. sounds pretty, right? Uh, so that is the prettiest word. I don't like smorgasbord. I, I don't know how to say it. What? <laughs> how do you say that word? Smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. Mm-hmm. Hate that word. <laughs> yeah, diaphanous. I guess it's just because it's so pretty. What about you? My favorite word. Well, mm. I don't know. Do I have a favorite word? What do I say? See, nothing. Nothing elicits more of a reaction from me than the word love, and then somebody saying "I love you" or. I love whatever, even if they don't love me, if they love something else, then I just get amped on their love for something. So nothing has made Okay, me my react, favorite word is my name. Shane? Definitely. Well, I think everyone, I read somewhere, everyone's favorite word is their own name. Mm. You can hear it from the furthest distance. Yeah. You can hear it at the lowest volume. 
and it makes like well, the other day I was, I was doing an interview with K Flay mm-hmm. on my the, this other podcast I do, Mike Amach, great podcast, and K Flay said my name, and she goes Shane, but what you said was whatever, and then I was like, whoa, she knows who I am, and that made me feel really good, and I, I think it makes everyone feel really. No good. word uh, validates you like your own name. True. So I think that is my favorite word. There you go. Have you ever freaked out while meeting someone famous? No. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I freaked out when I met Jason Schwartzman. What'd you do? How'd you freak out? I Okay, so I was at the Toronto Film Festival. My friend J.R. Diggs and I, we were filming a TV show at the time. This was like 20 years ago. And he said, I have a feeling if we wait at this elevator, Jason Schwartzman's going to come out. Anyway, Michael Moore comes out of the elevator. <laughs> and my friend JR really wanted to interview Michael Moore. But then right behind him, sure enough, Jason Schwartzman comes mm. out. And he's like, oh, okay, we're going to talk to Jason Schwartzman, who wasn't as famous as Michael Moore at the time, not even close. But uh, we walked up with our camera. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, Jason, uh, I love everything you did. I've seen all your movies. <laughs> I know you wrote the song for the show Cracking Up. And I love you in Slackers and all the songs you wrote. And I know you wrote, you sang a song with Ben Lee. It's called Chills. And I said, you give me chills. You I, didn't start singing. I started singing. Oh, shame. I have this on tape. I was oh, on, no. And I'm talking like I'm a man on cocaine. And Jason Schwartzman's so nice. He's just kind of bearing it. And then we're filming this, too, this interaction. And, <laughs> and at this time, if someone had a camera, it almost legitimized them in a weird yeah. way. It wasn't like nowadays where everyone's filming everything. So and then my friend JR is like, can we shoot a skit with you? And he's like, OK. And <gasps> let you? Yeah, because if you had a camera back then, it gave you street cred. That it was like, OK, wild. they have a camera. They're they're part of a TV That's show. Wild. I would do this all the time, by the way. Yeah. JR's like, OK, I'm going I'm to walk by and you're going to call me and go, Jared Diggs, Jared Diggs. And then I'm going to say, ah, I'm too busy, Jason Schwartzman. He goes, and you're going to act like you're busy. So I go, action. JR walks by. Jason Schwartzman goes, oh, JR Diggs. Oh, my goodness. JR, JR. And then JR goes, I'm too busy. And then Jason Schwartzman looks into the camera and goes, so busy. That's hilarious. That's weird. We did did that with John Leguizamo, Jason Schwartzman. The same bit? No, it was like this. We would shoot five second little movies and piece them together to make a big movie, but only using celebrities. Have you guys tried to put that on YouTube, like modern day? Because that could be very cool. Well, JR has done, like, you know how he is with this footage. So it's hard. Like, JR was so cool in so many different ways. But one thing he wasn't good at was focusing on the project at hand and making it bigger. Like, he's like me as ADD, but. Shane, pass me your glass. I'm going to give us uh, the last of this vino. Put vino. I might hate that word, actually. Vino? Yeah, when somebody calls everything vino. It calls everything? You call one thing vino, and that's is wine, wine. Is wine what you call vino? Wine is vino. Vino is how you say wine in different languages. Okay, I don't like that. <laughs> Shane also hates it when I try to pronounce things correctly in their own language. Like when I'm reading the labels off of wine, if I'm trying to say things how they're actually supposed to be said, and I'm not like you take such anglicizing them. You no, put Shane, so much. I put effort. so much effort into it because this is what they are called, and they are deserving of saying it correctly. It's like if somebody from a different language was, you know, like didn't say your name right, they would want to, and then you just say, no, it's Shane. Whatever, whatever. I I stand by trying to pronounce things how they're meant to be pronounced because you, you be, well, because it's you, respectful. You become a different person. You're like, no, you I, don't. it's respectful. I was in this place. I was in uh, Bata. 
Bartha. Like Barcelona? Yeah. So you would Bar- did would that annoy you if someone said it pr- properly in that way? Okay, if somebody was saying Barcelona every two seconds, yes, I would get annoyed. And when they put on a different voice too, you're like, oh, we're eating this. Uh, you were like, <laughs> we're eating this Japanese dish where we have pollo. And it's just like pollo. And it's like you become a different person. <laughs> pollo is how you say chicken. I don't know. I'm just saying. But pollo. Pollo. Okay, so me saying. No, po- that's that's fine. The way pollo. you said it, that's fine. When have I said pollo? Well. Never. I've never said pollo. Well, if there's a, a microphone recording your voice or if there's someone else here, you amp it up. That's not true. Find yeah. me saying pollo. Okay, that's too particular to find, but I'm just saying instances like that. Okay. See, you're peevy too. You're like Ju- Julian Casablancas and uh, James Dean. I don't mind peeves. I hate the word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one's racy, okay? Uh-oh. What is your favorite thing to see me wearing? <laughs> okay, well, if probably short denim shorts. Denim? Yeah, if you, I don't think you have any, but I think this summer, and I've mentioned this before, this is the summer where we need to make a couple pairs of pants that you don't wear anymore, like jeans. I'm not wearing short Cut denim them. shorts. Why? I like I like my rock shorts. I have the rock has a brand of shorts that my mom bought for me, and I really like them. They're the perfect length. You like so wait, them too. Wait, 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 wait. I like them for like sport shorts, but okay. I'm I'm just gonna stand up to show Shane where I'm thinking the denim should be cut. Would you wear shorts? I just don't like denim shorts anymore. Would you wear shorts that went up to here, denim or otherwise? Sure, I don't care about length. I care about I don't like denim. All right, then fine. I can meet you halfway. I could go. I'd like to see you wearing short shorts and a t-shirt. Hmm. What about you and for me? Here's the thing to see you wearing. That shirt's really nice that you're wearing right now. <laughs> it is. I'm not just saying that because you're wearing it. I really like that shirt. <laughs> what has been your longest dry spell? What has been the longest piece of your life where you've been single? Probably six months. Six months? Yeah, what about you? Yeah, probably six months, you know? <laughs> Why did you seem surprised when I said it? Yeah, you had the same answer. I thought you were going to say like a week after that. Well, I, I consider myself to be one of the most desperate humans ever for like love and affection (laughs) so you seem like you'd be although desperate less desperate than a person like me no it it never came around to desperation though i uh i like companionship Mm -hmm. i like people that like me you know i I like it when uh, a guy is just like in love with me and even if i don't like him that much you know i'll keep him around for a bit just to feed the old ego wow Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm. Uh, I get desperate, you know, and lonely. Yeah, but clearly, I here's the thing. I think a lot of it is ego driven for you too. Why? Everyone I've been with, I've had a long term relationship. I know that. But I'm. I'm not just toying with people. I'm like. I'm like. I actually find. Yeah, well, true I wasn't love. toying with people either. Like I like well, something backpedal. about them. I no, can hear you backpedaling. I, I could find something about them that I liked enough to keep them around. Okay, but that's not true love. No, of course not. Oh, my God. All my relationships were true love. True love. All of your relationships. <laughs> well, love. <laughs> I don't know. True. <laughs> like, they would deny it till they died. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite thing about being a woman? You go first. My favorite thing about being a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you just ignore my... Not that it was a funny joke. Um, I'm a man. No, it's it's the ability to have children. 
I think. And even though I had a really such a hard time to be able to experience that and to have actually like housed our children while they were being created and then like Betty right now she's nursing all the time and like I'm I'm keeping her alive with my breasts and that is wild to me it blows my mind every day and going through the second time like none of the wonder is gone I'm scared housing the children in the house Mm -hmm. I would be so terrified if it was in my body I I wouldn't be able to sleep all I would be able to think about is like how many heartbeats I have inside me well pregnant women don't sleep that's that's the thing you don't sleep and that's why I didn't like being pregnant for so many things and obviously I had a really hard pregnancy medically and everything but it was the most amazing experience like just touch my stomach and feel our kid growing in my stomach was so magical and you know I could have 10 more kids and I don't think that the feeling would ever be less magical but you hate being pregnant yeah but doesn't mean it wasn't magical I hated it because of the worry that I went through being high risk and all of the, you know, we went through a lot of medical scares with both kids when I was pregnant. So all of that stuff, I hate it, but super wonderful. What movie has influenced you the most? Probably for for an unknown reason that I, I can't put my finger on other than I just feel it in my heart, Pulp Fiction. Like... Only in the sense I think... Well, you quote that movie all the time. But I think, too, in that it kind of influenced other things I would go on to like, like other music, other movies, you know, the aesthetic kind of. And I think that what it led to kind of shaped me in my cultural tastes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. The most universally popular (laughs) movie of all time. really? That and Forrest Gump really (laughs) influenced my cultural tastes. Little no. known movie called Pulp Fiction. No, but I saw it at a young age. And like my How old mom, are we talking? Oh, my mom was furious when I saw it. Here's the thing. My parents didn't let me watch like a lot of movies. Like I was, my friends would <laughs> But have, when they do, it's Pulp <laughs> Fiction, uh, Crying Game. Or Bust. No, but like uh, my friends, I remember, had a sleepover <laughs> and they were watching Scream. And my mom didn't let me go to the sleepover because they were watching Scream. This is like in grade seven, Shane. You get over here and you watch Pulp <laughs> Fiction and then The Exorcist with your father and I. <laughs> but yeah, but that's essentially how it works. And then I didn't watch Scream, but then I watched and I was allowed to watch Pulp Fiction because it was deemed cool you know a better movie an art and artistic (laughs) so uh yeah and that kind of led me to thinking and here's we were talking earlier in this show about when we would have felt cool i can guarantee you that i probably tried to be cool after seeing that movie and like come to school the next day and like oh yeah you guys have fun watching scream like for kids i watched pulp fiction that i probably you know wore like a white blouse popped the collar i don't know but what about Alex you? watched Pulp Fiction, miss. <laughs> Alex Lemparski to the office, please. <laughs> okay, what, what, what about you? I know what uh, it is. What? Rushmore. Rushmore, Bottle Rocket, Swingers. Mm. Really influ- Swingers influence you? Oh my you? goodness, I love Swingers. If How did you- it influence you? Oh, I wanted to go to Vegas so bad. The way they talked, mm. the way they owned up, like... um not owned up the just the way they the way the guy went through that breakup and mm. everything and it gave me hope and oh you watched it in a desperate time well i'm always in a desperate time Alex. <laughs> like even when times are good like i you know i'll find a tragedy don't be upset shane your money baby <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait wait is vince fawn here I'm, I'm i where's my wife alex okay all right well should we end this episode all right 
Thanks, every- <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode. Now, if you could give us five stars, I'd appreciate it. But if you don't, who gives a darn? Just listening is enough. Thank you so much for listening to Date Night. Have a good one. Have a good one indeed. Bye-bye.